Welcome everyone to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek. My name is Matt and joining me as always is Pete. Pete, it's time to go. It's time to go, sir. (laughs) Yes, Matt, it is me, spoiler Pete, back in the house after a two-week break. Here tonight to podcast Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode 110, The Bridge, which is brought to us by... The good people at the Ohio Pick Six. Make sure you check your tickets. <laughs> they do go to many lengths uh, in order to uh, to get you your money. Well, you know what, Matt? Sometimes the old-fashioned techniques are the best. <laughs> By the way, if you would like to help the podcast, you can head over to shieldpodcast.blogspot.com and you can click on the PayPal link. Whether it's a dollar or more, even a little goes a long way. But Pete... Let's talk some other numbers, ratings specifically. Uh, this comes uh, as per the uh, TV by the numbers folks. They note that uh, the show hit a series low with a 2.2 rating on November 13th, but quoting them for the past two episodes, not being this one for the, for the two previous uh, new episodes, the show's ratings have been climbing. It had a 2.4 on November 20th and 2.6 on November 27th. Uh, by the way, TV by the numbers has also put the show back in the renewal predicted column. Uh, so, Pete, obviously, we don't know the episode, the, the ratings for tonight's uh, episode, but I think anything less than the two point six would be a little disappointing. Anything more than that would be uh, positive and happy growth, Pete. Well, I mean, while I didn't predict the numbers, I did predict that this was going to happen. So, uh, yeah. Wow. The spoiler, Pete, just doesn't work for uh, for TV and for uh, for movies. It's also elections <laughs> numbers, um, and if you if you give him a lot of money, he'll find out. Uh, I don't know what your significant other has been doing when they're not home. Anyhow, Pete, on that uh, rather odd note, what's next? Let's uh, debrief this bad boy here. Talk a little bit about uh, what I thought was a largely uh, lackluster show. Wow. Uh, until the bridge, which I think uh, can only serve as a metaphor for us. Well, Pete, I have to disagree. I thought that it was it was, uh, you know, uh, emotionally uh, rich. I, I mean, I'm not going to say it's perfect. It's not, you know, Hamlet here. But I thought that it was it was it was a nuanced episode. It had a variety of, uh, you know, of characters being able to do their things. Obviously, I would have liked to see more Fitzsimmons uh, if I'm going to quibble. Pete, I don't know if I want to jump in right now on some of the, well, on the most negative point, but I will. This was more wobbly sky. Her line, I was hoping to keep this private. It's just ugh. There's going to be a theme in my in my message for the podcast, which is this. Sky has got to go. Well, let's remember that May specializes in private. Okay. <laughs> But, uh, you know, speaking of wobbly, um, I think an ensemble cast like this is all about equilibrium. And I think that equilibrium was largely thrown off by the addition of J. August Richards on a guest role tonight as Mike Peterson reoccurring the role um, he played in the pilot. I liked his initial introduction. I thought uh, the decision to throw a couple uh, FX bucks at him pushing a bulldozer, a, a Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. bulldozer, no less, at a training <laughs> facility um, was well done. Uh, he did not, um, you know, beat Cap's record, which I'm, I'm glad 
uh, of as well. But um, after that, until about 10 minutes left in the episode, this thing was all over the place. Pete, I am shocked to hear this. I, I thought that the introduction of Peterson was a catalyst. I called him on Twitter the the secret ingredient. I think that that they should add Peterson to the cast post haste. Uh, and again, not that he's some magic fix. I mean, we're not back in episode three. You know, oh where, oh where is the perfect show that we wanted? You know, the show certainly has has improved mightily since those first couple of weeks. But I feel like his addition let other characters. Uh, shine in a way that we have not uh, seen. For example, Simmons lusting after Peterson. It was just a wonderful scene. That wasn't shining at all. That was that was really forced and kind of awkward. <laughs> I, well, I mean, it was forced that in that it was it, it was it was forced in that it was comedic writing. I, I mean, to me, to to see Simmons kind of in a light where you know she's she's. You know, interested in in men, kind of thing. But as Matt, as to just the guy, as, as as the champion of of strong female characters, you're going to tell me that you like that, Pete. I, I, certainly, I think some of our listeners who are more versed in feminism than I am can certainly feel free to to chime in. You know, send an email, fantasticgeek at gmail dot com, etc. Here's my here's my response to what you've said, though. How can a strong female character do that? I think that that was largely, I mean, look, that was a scene that touched on lust. I don't know that that was a scene dependent on gender. Um, the fact that he's a handsome fella and she's a, she's a, a attractive gal. And the fact that he's, you know, of above average uh, uh, physicality. I don't think there's anything wrong with, uh, you know, with her as somebody who's interested in men saying, oh, you know, this is a, this is a, fine looking guy i mean if anything i think it almost kind of um it speaks to our own frailty as 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 human beings that somebody as smart as her could be measuring him with the with the um the measuring tape as opposed to the who's what's machines if you want to say oh well fine she's been overcome by her lust and she's supposed to be a scientist I will agree with that. I think also, I mean, fair is fair. It was being pointed in a comedic light. So I think that when it is comedic, you get a little bit of wiggle room. But um, it was it was played for the worst possible reasons. And really, I think with the worst possible result, it wasn't as if and they hinted that it was something that would upset Fitz. But then strangely, he was into uh, Peterson's physique as well. So it, it wasn't even maximized for what you could do with it. I, I just I found it sophomoric writing. I found it um, not the type of tone or uh, effective, smart, witty writing that they had uh, showcased for this entire fall for the first 10 episodes. And that scene was was largely emblematic. Well, I'll agree it wasn't particularly witty, but I mean – Here's my take on it. This is this is a show that has displayed with May that women can be just as um, uh, lustful, just to, to use a, a classier word, uh, j- just as lustful as men can be. Um, and May can be somebody, as we see in this episode, where May can go for a toss in the hay just to scratch that itch and not for some sort of long-term emotional uh, coupling. 
uh, as we saw her kind of shooting shooting down Ward there, <laughs> no pun intended to the actual shooting down of Ward that occurs at the end of the episode. Um, to, to me, to show to show Simmons as somebody who um, has a libido, uh, to me that's not incongruous with her uh, presentation as a as a smart character. Um, and the fact that the fact that Fitz was not kind of boyfriend annoyed, I think that the show has established that they truly do have a brother and sister. Uh, uh, you know, relationship between the two of them to, to the degree that it would be like, it kind of doesn't occur to them that the other one would be a well-suited partner uh, for the other. So I think the fact that he was just kind of like, hey, sis, stop fooling around here. And then he, was he lusting after Peterson because of the, the technology end or or because of the physical end? I mean, I don't have a, I don't have a problem either way if, the, if whatever Fitz's interests are. Um, I guess we have to agree to disagree, Pete. I, I thought that that scene captured um, some good kind of character moments there with Peterson as the uh, as the catalyst. Well, let's look at the upshot from this episode. And as I indicated, it, it comes at the end. Um, you know, I grew a little suspicious when they zoomed in when uh, Raina and Poe zoomed in on the iPad picture of Peterson and Coulson that it was Peterson they wanted um, the inclusion of Coulson there and what he could potentially have to reveal to them with whatever he's been through with the magic of Tahiti uh, might make him attractive. And and what do you know, he winds up being the, uh, the target, if you will, um, that it's the second screw up now that Peterson has made in Coulson's eyes, despite his attempt to get him back. And then uh, less than clear exit from the show. Was he killed? Uh, is he just lying over on the side, regenerating with his one centipede <laughs> piece that the other guys have 15 of, of varying sizes and locations <laughs> And then, uh, you know, Ward, um, you know, getting the uh, the fire there. And, and let's be honest, two of our regulars are not dead. Um, you know, could Peterson, uh, you know, be hostile ego here? It's completely possible. But I doubt at this point in their writer's room, they're saying, hey, let's blow up a guy in view of his son. So uh, I'm going to say that they're all alive, but, uh, you know, they Han soloed Colson here, you know, they put him on ice, uh, in a cliffhanger and, uh, you know, we're going to have to wait till January 7th to see what's going on with him. And that I think was the smart writing. So I can forgive. Ooh, look at Mike Peterson's muscles. <laughs> uh, a little bit, uh, from one of my favorite characters in Simmons. If I'm going to get, uh, you know, the purpose at the end of this episode as I did. Pete, I'm going to, I'm going to dig into my bag of tricks here and I'm going to take out something that's, that's rarely, if ever used, I'm going to take out the hat that says spoiler Matt. Mark my words. Not only is Mike Peterson not dead, he recurs multiple times uh, in this season. And if it, if it is successful, he is a member of the cast in season two. Regardless of what happens to Sky, 
Ooh, sky die should be our hashtag. Anyhow, regardless of what happens to sky. Be your hashtag, man. I don't want sky to die. You know what? Hashtag sky die. Um, but regardless of what happens to her, regardless of what happens I'll to Colby Smolders. Sky that? guy. Well, I think well, we already saw that sky well, guy. Where's uh, uh, Skywalker there for you? <laughs> um, but I just I thought he was a, he was a, a fantastic addition. Um, and to kind of pivot to, uh, back on Simmons and Sky for a moment, Simmons dissing Sky. I loved it. Fantastic stuff. When she's like, you know, picking up strays or whatever the exact dialogue was. Your thoughts, Pete? Yeah, I mean, as I indicated before, the the rest of this episode was largely flat as far as the writing. Um, you know, and and I think it's it's in the end. I mean, maybe a lot of the energy went towards what occurred on that bridge, hence, you know, the title of the episode, but I just felt that the build up was not what it could have been. Well, I don't know if this is something that you want to discuss further in level seven or not, but the scene when Ward and Colson are in Lola, um, you know, there's the whole banter about the cellist, you know, that, that line returning from, uh, from Avengers, um, scenes like that, I thought breathed so absolutely wonderfully. We just have a scene where it's essential, you know, they're kind of racing to the, the a plot, the mission action, 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 but it's a moment where these two guys can have a conversation. We get a little bit on, on uh, Colson's past tie into Avengers. Uh, it's by implication um, uh, affecting Ward in that they're talking about not having relationships at, at work and, and things of that sort. Uh, we kind of have the creepy, you know, line, do you know where she is? And uh, uh, Colson says, of course I do. I mean, scenes like that, I just thought were so wonderful. It was characterization. It was, it was achieving so much. Um, and in a character first kind of way, um, despite the action unfolding around it. Yeah. But allow me to, you know, poke a hole in that balloon for you. Um, let's remember, uh, Marvel fans and movie fans that the relationship with the cellist was off pre death in Avengers. What does Coulson tell Pepper Potts and Tony Stark in, um, the Stark building, he says that that relationship's gone south and uh, Stark even promises the, the use of a jet. Hey, let's keep love alive later on the uh, helicarrier. Okay. Um, even when they were making an attempt tonight, uh, know your uh, backlog as far as the storytelling. The not being around didn't kill the relationship. The relationship ended before he died. Oh, wait, just because it was going south doesn't mean... I mean, how about this, Pete? Here's an alternate story. It is starting to go south, in part because Coulson's a workaday guy dealing with things that are so large, so much larger than him as a human being, you know, gods from other realms, et cetera, et cetera, that, that he's not able to devote the time to this paltry relationship with one other human being, and that is leading to the... The, the, the relationship which actually is important as, as are all our you know most dear relationships uh, it's falling apart he doesn't know what to do he's a company man he can't quite foster it then so it is going south it's not necessarily over it's not necessarily unretrievable despite there might have been goodbyes and slammed doors and this sort of thing um is he is his death just this big 
not that his death is false, but is he using his death and his importance in the world of this other God stabbed him and rejuvenation and all of this as an excuse to not just simply reach out to somebody who he cares for deeply to, to make that, that most human of connections, Pete. There's no doubt, but you know, again, you had a narrative reason you're making it more complicated than it needed to be. Uh, it felt like a reach. It felt like a reason to make that reference when, you know, they, they didn't need to overcook that. It could have just been, Hey, you know what was hanging out with this cellist. Um, it didn't work out. And yeah, I mean, let's be honest. We, we know what that whole scene was about there. Okay. They're, they're referencing the dramatic irony that we are aware that, you know, uh, Ward and may have this thing going on yet. He can't quite figure her out. Okay. The, the psychology of women, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. And what do you know, a couple minutes later, um, you know, he gets punked by a woman who goes ahead and calls her, uh, brother. Um, it wasn't again, the type of smart writing that we've seen so often on this show. I just felt that their, their gags that they set up other than the ending just did not pay off this week. And I think it's rare. I, I uh, felt that Ward as Lotto guy, it was a nice little spy bit. It was very kind of Mission Impossible, the TV series. It was kind of like, you know, workaday spy type stuff. The fact that instead of going in guns a-blazing or tech blazing or, oh, we just bumped into her and we put the little tracer bug into her pocket and it's going to, it was just this kind of seemingly at first ultra, ultra low tech with just this printed card. And then you build on top of that and it's a tech card thingus that can kind of listen in, which is techy, but I don't think necessarily... You know, I mean, given the technology that we've seen from S.H.I.E.L.D., I don't think it's necessarily over the top, uh, but just kind of this really slow, um, the slow approach to it to, to to massage the information out of her. And even knowing that it's a little bit too, you know, square peg in a round hole that this lottery guy has just shown up. It's just enough of a, of a red flag to make her call right away. I thought that was um, it was kind of inspired for its soft pedal approach i'll beg to differ wow well pete would you beg to differ in at least what is my final bit of the debrief here that when sky and may were talking about sky's mom that uh eyes grew heavy and you know need to go maybe refill the the, the pretzel bowl uh felt overfloweth in uh, you as a viewer no i happen to think uh that wow. was the second best part of the episode I think that um, May snapping at Sky, uh, and and really, you know, that's what I think a lot of people have wanted to say to the character is to commit. Um, and you know, Matt doesn't watch the uh, the coming attractions. The oh, I did this time. And- and everything. Okay. Well, what did you see? You saw that Sky is going to, uh, you know, don a uniform at some point in the back half here. Um, so she is going to commit. Uh, I'm also going to wager that there are electronic copies of everything that she tore up. So, you know, <laughs> no, no harm, no foul there. Um, but really, you know, May told her what she needed to hear at that time. Um, and that was effective. And, 
you know, let's be honest, she's not there for her people skills, despite being able to, you know, pull a practical joke at the end of the previous episode two weeks ago. Um, she's there for her muscle and apparently when Ward uh, needs her. <laughs> I would beg to differ. I think Ward is there for when she needs him. Um, she, or vice she, versa, man. It takes yeah. two to tango or That's true. so that they say. <laughs> the, the horizontal tango. Anyway. Well, that Pete, I'm all debriefed out. Do you have anything else? Um, I, I just want to say that even at less than its best, this show is still very good. And, you know, despite my criticism here and, and not trying to be overly harsh, but I, I just think it was, you know, at a lower level than what we've seen, particularly at an episode that calls for, uh, you know, more balance. Was there a crescendo at the end? There absolutely was. Um, and uh, I applaud them for uh, the risks. And I think the payoff is is definitely going to be there when we're back to this, um, you know, in January. But, you know, overall, I have to say, you know, rate this as, you know, one of their lesser episodes, um, you know, taking into account the the big twist at the end there. At the end of the day, this is a show that is trying to be something different. You know, we, we Pete, you and I got into a little Twitter conversation with uh, Uber friend of the, the podcast uh, world. Dan Mulderlock on Twitter, uh, who was basically saying how the show Almost Human is so much better than Shield. Almost Human is a ton of fun because it it is seventy percent every single cop show that you've ever seen, and thirty percent basically every single vision of the future of thirty years from now. And what's novel about it is they mix them together. You know, the two the the the, the two partners, the the older gristled cop and the new kind of you know nicer one that's adam 12 that's 40 years old that's you know that's that's early dragnet that's that's as old as it goes it's fun because you know you know at the end of the episode the bad guy's gonna get caught and there's gonna be some neat technology stuff and there's gonna be you know the two partners you know going back and forth in a you know love hate romance kind of thing it's not challenging it's not interesting it's not aspiring to be anything else Agents of Shield is, and you know, I I particularly liked this episode. You particularly weren't, you know, a huge, a huge, hugely in favor of it. But it's trying to be, you know, this is by my count the fourth episode in this uh, loose story. You know, the the first, the fourth, the fifth, and the tenth all kind of had this this extremist um, girl in the flower dress storyline through it. That's neat. I didn't particularly see that we were headed in a in that direction until we kind of got there today that the 40 percent of these episodes so far have had that momentum that's that's trying to do something different and i I appreciate it oh i mean i definitely realize that i just have to say that of those episodes that you mentioned and you know of the 10 so far taking into account the entire episode not one event not a couple scenes the entire episode this was a weaker episode and on the almost human to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, comparison, other than the fact that they're on TV, there is no comparison. I watch both shows, um, but to employ some biblical paraphrasing, you know, almost human isn't fit to loosen uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s Coulson's necktie. 
<laughs> well said, Pete. With that, Matt, let's get into the dossier. And it is loaded tonight. It is. We've got uh, our serial meal finisher in uh, Mr. Poe. Uh, who, Edison Poe, who gets po, the most flourishy name that we've seen so far. Who is broken out of uh, the Havenworth Federal Penitentiary by super soldier Brian Hayward and non-named super soldiers, two of them. And then we have uh, Raina, our girl in the flower dress. Uh, we still don't know who the clairvoyant is. And, and I, I get the build up there and I'm okay with the build up. I, I just would have liked something. I dug the um, connection back, you know, and I, I know that's one thing they, they promoted on Twitter in particular, the amount of connections that would be made in this episode, two episodes we've had so far, the eye technology in, uh, I believe it was Hayworth was the one who was uh, caught, right? Right, right. Okay, and his his eye goes off even though he's communicating with them, trying to no, don't don't, uh, just, um, you know. So I I dug the connections and definitely you know you scatter the seeds, the breadcrumbs throughout, you know those first nine so that you can pay them off here. Um, so again, that had this episode had that going on for it. Um, you know, but again, I, I think with the amount of bad guys in play in this, I think the effect was again, one of it being muddled, you know, who, what is Poe? You know, uh, he's, he's a go between, between this clairvoyant and, and Raina, Reyna's trying to, to work him to get at the clairvoyant. That's going to have to give at some point, um, you know, these uh, other than the one who gets named, these super soldiers and, and, and what's going on there. Um, I thought it was a little difficult to navigate. Really? I thought it was kind of an, an interesting view of this particular cell of, of this bad guy group. Um, you know, Reyna, who, who, obviously we've seen from from the previous episode but kind of has the on the ground um deputy who you think is kind of so in charge and then poe comes along kind of as you know uh regional manager if you will and then you know he he's the buffer between the clairvoyant who i thought we were going to find out who the clairvoyant was at the end of the episode like 20 minutes in i thought that was going to be the hook at the end um i mean i thought it was clear enough that you know reina is kind of the local operation and they have three new uh three new muscle heads and this guy's a little bit farther up uh, this guy being poe and uh they're kind of you know talking in in code if you will you know that so that we the audience don't fully understand the nature of what's going on until the end uh i dug it she- or, and then and then even to use peterson as a little bit of a bad guy in this um i thought was was a good move too because i was completely convinced oh they're just grooming him to be superhero no pun intended but oh he's so heroic and then they kind of put him back to you know back to shield uh training facility and you know, maybe we dust you off again if we want to you know if, if this works 
Matt, you're the one though that you know references the hand of the writer all the time. They they did it from the word go with him. Hey, how's your kid who will be held for ransom at the end of this episode? <laughs> um, you know that was completely telecast. I and, see. Even with that, I disagree. I was like, when they mentioned the kid a couple times, I was like, oh, clearly oh, they didn't want to bring the kid back. name again that we never learned in the pilot? Oh, you got him the action figures he was looking at. Great. Now we're now we're invested in him emotionally because he has action <laughs> figures, and you're a dad. Ugh. <laughs> um, I I get it. I get it. Um, I never bought him as a villain. Um, what I do buy is that, you know, he's, he's let Coulson down now on two occasions and he will be persona non grata the next time we see him. Um, what? Col- that, look, Coulson no, has, Col- Coulson has his, you know, busted up adopted daughter in the form of sky and Peterson's the exact same. Peterson is going to be in a room on that bus before too long. And the same, you know, gee whiz, Papa Colson, yeah. I messed up again. I it's all right, son. I you disagree. could do it. There's a there's another there's another element with with Sky. It's it's paternal. And you know, I know I bounce a lot of theories on the wall. Some stick, some don't. You know, the idea that Colson could be her dad. Um, you know, and, and we know from what May is saying that uh, you know, she she's barking up the wrong tree. But um, I, I really do feel that it, it's kind of the, you know, remember, he's an outsider to the group, despite the fact that he was with this group for one mission. OK, but I, I do have to believe. And while I can see what you're saying can come to fruition, that he'll be an in and out member of this this cell of, you know, shield. Um, I think him and Coulson are going to have to have it out when they are reunited. I suppose now is as good a time as any, and I have not read the articles in depth just because I am usually spoiler free, but um, I believe, you know, Marissa Tancheron and, uh, and the Whedons have confirmed that at some point in the, the winter slash spring, they will be adding uh, two recurring agent characters to the show. That's kind of how it's been worded. Now I know, uh, without giving too much away, I know the preview for for when things re- resume in January did show a uh, a familiar face coming back again. Um, I got the impression that it was somebody else that actually would be kind of recurring on the bus agents. Uh, maybe that's uh, maybe that's him. Uh, I don't believe it is. Uh, in fact, I would lay money that it's not. Okay. Um, I'm I'm not going to say that's through um, information that I've already gleaned. It's not. I just don't feel that that he's that guy yet. Um, I would also be wary of what you know recurring agents means. You know, you show up in in you know two or three episodes versus you become a regular. Um, you know, a lot of shows. Most notably, I can think two years ago with the fourth season of fringe your boy desmond um you know was much ballyhooed oh he's he's coming on he's he's going to be in for the remainder of uh you know the season and really was played quite differently so whether the plans changed or whatever it was but it was 
going from, oh, going to be a recurring, you know, uh, agent on this show to, yeah, not so much. So uh, I'm going to say let's let's go with, with, you know, the group we have right now. Um, again, Sky as the everyman, her reaction at the end of that episode is how we're supposed to feel. And it is how we feel. You took, you took our dad. Okay. You, you just shot our, uh, older brother. Uh, and <laughs> this guy just got blown up. What, what, what? And who is responsible? Who is this clairvoyant? This chopper flies off and we don't have the answers yet. It's certainly tantalizing. Is this Agent Chang the clairvoyant? Hmm. Uh, I'm just gonna say no, just because that's my that's my gut reaction, and uh, and uh, I have no other I have no other answer than that. Uh, I was gonna throw out mostly just to be funny. What if the clairvoyant is uh, Tim Blake Nelson's character from the Hulk movie? still unresolved out there in the marvel cinematic universe due to lack of a hulk sequel and he'll show up with his his big bulbous brain and uh and he'll be the one in charge hey i'll take it i'll take it if that's the case by the way pete quickly just mentioning recurring characters i'll throw another you know you kind of gave one where little little down and out in terms of not not being a major impact that made me think tangentially of uh, our uh, our friend from alcatraz what was his name? Jimmy Dickens? Yes. So that that's a that's a shout out for uh the longtime listeners. Ah, Jimmy Dickens, where are you? But here's another recurring God character. bless poor poor Jimmy Dickens. Okay. For those of you who don't know who Jimmy Dickens is, yeah, I guess there we was do a need TV to explain show things. called Exposition's important, Matt, because we got one email about it. Um <laughs> so there was a there was a show nearly two years ago. Uh, called Alcatraz on a network that knows increasingly little about TV called Fox. And uh, they had a character named Jimmy Dickens who was to be a love interest who, you know, in those, when you have a drama, you take the ensemble shot of, of the cast, you know, the FBI agents, you know, in, in profile and you line them all up and some are in the foreground and some are in the background and some are really far over on the right, really in the background. They took him off the poster for the show. There's one of them out there, you know, he's in his little San Francisco PD outfit and they scrubbed him out of the show he was in precisely two scenes of that show. He went from being a regular to being a memory. One of the greatest mysteries of that show to which we never found out the greatest mystery, how they were getting back from 1963, these, these villains and, and guards from Alcatraz. What happened to Jimmy Dickens? I'm going to say Jimmy Dickens was the heart of it all. That would have been wow. the reveal. Well, to finish the thought, I started before a little trip down Alcatraz Lane. Uh, Fraser Crane was a re recurring character, and look how he changed the landscape of TV. I think that 20 years from now, when we're talking about how J. August Richards has been playing uh, Mike Peterson for 20 years, <laughs> and he's about to surpass that record held by, held by Kelsey Grammer playing the same character for so long uh, in, in what will be season eight of uh peterson's patrol which will be uh, agents of shield spinoff we're gonna say wow 
With that, I'm, Pete, I'm going to say that's not going to happen. Uh, with that, let's get into level seven here. And I have a question for you, Pete. Sure. A level seven question. Sure. Remembering, do, of course, I am level eight, so there's some things I may have to withhold. Why do they want Colson? They we know why they want Colson. They want to get at his experience. This is all. But why? Of this Who is cares? this is all a buildup. Why is not so important as how here. True. Um, you know, we've seen before that um, the girl in the flower dress here, uh, Raina, um, has the ability to manipulate people. We don't quite know what that is. The moment that they took him, um, I thought about what we had seen in his dream where he's getting the massage in Tahiti and, um, you know, thought about, wait, was she a plant? Had she been the one, had she been the masseuse there? Um, or is this a projected memory? Is this a planted memory? What's going on here? Um, and I'm, I'm not saying that she was, but it triggered that in me thinking about, well, what do they want with him? Um, so this idea that he's the key to stage three, um, in ironically phase two and a half of the Marvel cinematic TV plan, um, you know, clearly whatever he's been through is on the radar and of interest of the bad guys, you know? If we've got a clairvoyant bad guy, well, he knows much, if not all. And perhaps there's some secret that Coulson can help him unlock towards his dastardly plan. It really is a compelling uh, mystery because I think that just looking at the cards of uh, that we know so far of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think there's kind of the general assumption well, obviously Colson was in a bad way, and then there's some reason why they're not telling him the truth of his, uh, you know, resuscitation, resurrection, whatever it might be. But I think that we all kind of envision you know, the end of Captain America, where it's you know, oh hey, you're still in the 1940s. Like it's some sort of they understand it's for his own good to keep things quiet. Just as with Captain America, they wanted him to wake up in the 1940s and slowly kind of ease into it. You know, the truth with capital T. Um, which sounds very kind of shield. Um, shield is nice. Shield is good. Shield is looking out for you. A reminder, dear listeners, that we do have this undercurrent of shield, not being a positive uh, force, not being necessarily in the best interest of anyone, but the organization itself. And uh, this all feeds wonderfully into it. I don't particularly have theories. I don't think we've been given a ton to play with in terms of ooh, no. it's this ooh, it's that but that's okay by me the preview made it sound like we're not getting this wrapped up next next episode no. this is going to be a while no i've made the i've made the call they they did say we're, we're going to find out they didn't say we're going to find out next episode um but i've made the call and listeners if you didn't hear it you can go back and and find it but i made the call that um in the february sweeps we're going to get those answers. And I really feel that I, I don't think you can, you can go to the end of the season, Matt, I know you floated, you know, the, the end of the season, the, the season finale will be, you know, what took place post 
you know, Loki spear. Um, you know, I, I think it has to happen sooner than that. Um, you know, we are talking about television viewers here, um, not people with uh, a ton of patience um, to their virtue. Yeah. But, um, you know, this is this experience coupled with what he's gone through before is going to shake Coulson. Uh, it's very clear. And, you know, I, I think it's brilliant leaving May in charge of this group. I'm going to be uh, very interested to see, you know, uh, how well she doesn't play with the shield superiors who kind of take over. Uh, we're going to see Victoria hand again um, and, and where that's going to go with her uh, even redder highlights. And um, yeah, I mean, she looks like a villain and, and you know, it's going to be yeah. played in that way. It, it It's going to be the, the classic star Trek, you know, I'm I'm a superior officer, but I don't have your best interests at heart, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I know what you don't. And we both want the same thing. We both want Coulson. Uh, one from the perspective of what have they done to him, and the other that you know he's our guy, man. He's our he's our dad. Pete, I believe you are referring to Captain Jellico and uh, Commander Shelby who uh, temporarily took over uh, some some duties in the Enterprise uh, around the time the Borg came a-calling. Well, uh, it certainly it, would be... A, sorry, go ahead. It, a very commonly used within the oh, yeah. structure of that particular show, and, and I think effectively so. You know, anywhere from, you know, really uh, awkwardly set yet effectively performed uh first season episodes like the one where the body snatchers take over half a starfleet right to you know later episodes like you're mentioning to one where terry o'quinn uh guested you know lock from lost where you oh, know yeah. he played uh rikers uh former captain so you know this is a paramilitary organization in shield and i i, I think there are tremendous parallels to their credit of an organization like Starfleet. And, you know, we know that this intrigue is coming within the organization. Um, it's going to pay off in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. There's a larger plot within S.H.I.E.L.D. And again, this just, this sets the table. You don't need to watch this in order to get that, but I think it's going to enrich that experience all the more. Pete, I'm going to come around to what you're saying that it'll be during February sweeps, and I'll tell you why. I don't know that that was originally the plan, but given that the show, you know, is four or six episodes behind, you know, from production to air, I think that if they said, hey, episodes 21 and 22, that'll be, that's the end of the season, that's the goalpost for the Colson reveal, and along the way to kind of, you know, pad that out a bit Ooh, there'll be some more you know ward in may and there'll be this and there'll be you know there'll, there'll be different things that we can do i think looking at the decline in ratings that the show was suffering which we know it's now come out of that tailspin but they certainly did not as they were making the last two or three episodes that, that would be the case i think that that was probably enough to say let's move that goalpost up people want to find out about what happened to colson let's make that happen sooner if you had some idea that the first you know 
six episodes of season two are going to be about adding uh, J. August Richards or whatever it might be. Let's move that plan up, whatever and, it is. It's and, so kind of fluid and, and elastic. And therein thou hast hit it, okay? Had they not struggled, and, you know, again, let's qualify struggling for ratings here, okay? They went from a slam bang with the pilot to, as all shows do, they fall off from their initial viewings, you know, you set baselines and then it wasn't until the last two first run episodes that we finally had an uptick. Um, when we got the renewal, not renewal, we got the full season order, which was the, the first logical step. And, you know, now it's a March, which we both feel they will get towards a second season renewal. But if they weren't sweating out the renewal at this point, I think you're a hundred percent correct. They tease the Colson stuff to the end of the season. They don't, they lost that luxury. Yeah. By not having bigger ratings, not to say that they can't, we've used the walking dead before as a comparison to this show. And I still feel it's very apt. Look where their numbers were, uh, on a lesser net, you know, three years ago, look where they are now. Yeah. Um, you know, let's, let's not, believe that it can't happen that way um but i i think you know we will know the colson stuff first uh whether the sky stuff is tied into it i'm not completely uh convinced of that but you know again that they han solo colson here that they put him on ice that they stick him in the carbonite and send him away with uh you know female boba fett um this is an effective way to tease us. I'm, I'm dying to know what the ratings are uh, tomorrow. And then, you know, to see what they will be that first uh, Tuesday back in January. Well, two thoughts. First, you know, certainly follow Fantastic Geek on Twitter. And we'll, we'll be tweeting that, uh, the, that ratings information probably around 1 p.m., 12.30, 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern, which is uh, when they hit. Second, for all the Johnny Come Latelys to uh, to Walking Dead, I'll remind you: if you didn't have to sit through the first season when it broadcast, which is, which is to say, one episode a week, not some gluttonous viewing on on Netflix to get caught up, episodes two, three, four, and five of the series, and, and also of that six episode first season, were not that particularly great. It was a show that needed tweaking. Just like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which episodes two, three, four, five, there was some wobbling there. And then it found its speed just as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in, uh, adding Pete to your uh, comparison quite aptly. Well, there you go. I am spoiler Pete. <laughs> With that, well, Matt, let's move it on in here to some decrypted transmission. Let's let's look what's uh, what people are saying out there. Absolutely, Pete. Let's start with the old iTunes. We love it when people say things about uh, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek on iTunes. Is there anything at all? There is indeed. Uh, I have to believe the person saying it, though, that this is a pseudonym. Uh, the headline here is my favorite Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, five stars. And, wow. and that's just uh, glowing, glowing praise. Um so uh, written by Hal Jordan underscore GL. So I'm going to guess that maybe the GL is a hint towards some kind of real identity. So thank you, George Lucas, Wait. for assuming the uh, the DC 
the the other comic universe uh, character that you did there in all lowercase one word, Hal Jordan. Um, but left here, uh, Hal Jordan underscore GL says, great in-depth analysis and banter between the two hosts. Um, oh, I, I, I feel, uh, you know, just uh, flattered to be elevated to uh, to host level there. Um, oh, I think un- you're, a, I mean, I, I, I think to, to, to consider you not a host, Pete, <laughs> is, is to say, you're not the first because what because you're not the first person to speak in every episode that makes you some sort of second class citizen you're you're absolutely the equal okay i I just don't think of myself as a host that's all okay um unlike some aos podcasts you can tell that their praise and occasional criticism how interesting that gets brought up tonight um of the show comes from a place of love for the show and the marvel universe as a whole great job guys and, uh, you know, I'm going to thank Hal Jordan underscore GL yet again and, and seems to get it. And, uh, you know, that this praise comes uh, on the heels of uh, the first little bit of this podcast, I, I think only adds up. Pete, I'll just point out, I think the GL stands for Green Lantern. I'm going to say it's uh, George Lucas. Why, why not just say Green Lantern, man? You know, yeah, I know Hal Jordan is the Green Lantern, but that's just the way I want to view the world. Fair enough. Side note, I still have yet to make it past the first 20 minutes of that awful, awful movie. Hashtag well, make I my watched Marvel. all of it and I'm no better for it either. So there you go. Um, mm. With that, Pete. I did just read today that um, it, it may have been a joke, but that Ryan Reynolds said he's been hired to play Hal Jordan again. I don't know if that's connected to the, you know, rapidly getting out of control (laughs) man of steelish movie that's coming that now will have much of the DC universe in it. Um, Apparently Doomsday may be uh, in this movie now. That thing's going to be a train wreck. But let's get back to Marvel here. Make mine Marvel. Hashtag. It's almost like to have the team movie, you need to have like six movies first in order to earn the teen movie. Hashtag team, make not mine Marvel. Yes. Make mine Marvel. Um, Pete, this first message actually is two weeks old. It was sent uh, after the the you know, after we had recorded the podcast um, for episode one hundred nine. But as soon as it was tweeted, I included it. Uh, this comes from Nerdy Mum, who says, hashtag late, but fantastic geek, you know, referring to us. But you guys are right. Sky is Wesley Crusher. Which I'm sticking to that. You might be a Sky fan, Pete. Sky it's not guy. just me. Hashtag Sky, sky guy. guy. Ooh, maybe um, sky, sky Fall could be the hashtag. S-K-Y-E Fall. That's what it's going to be. I'm going to get on Twitter as soon as this is done with and say the official anti-sky hashtag is hashtag skyfall s-k-y-e-f-a-l-l well again uh hashtag spoiler pete has already beat you there to it but anyway um it's a necessary wesley here you you had to have wesley early on um as we mentioned in the previous podcast he was the biggest uh draw in hollywood 
of any of those people that were on that show. And that's all deference to Sir Patrick Stewart. That's all deference to your man, LeVar Burton. Okay. But he was the guy who had been in the most high profile stuff around the time that show came on in 1987. That is not the case with Chloe Bennett as Sky. But we need to view this world through her eyes, and we are viewing this world through her eyes, um, that we've had the sympathetic storyline of trying to find out her background. And I'm not going to disagree that some of it has been maudlin, um, you know, a, a little bit tonight. I think uh, a little more in other moments throughout the season. Um, but I think we need her as a character and I think we need her on this show. Um, once this plot lines resolved, am I going to say that she needs to be on the team on a weekend week out basis? So that all depends where the story goes. Um, you know, but I think she's earned the right to be on this right now. And I'm really not in any rush to see her off the show. All I can say for you Parks and Rec fans out there, aren't things better without Mark Brandanowitz? With that, Pete, we had a tweet from Hurricane is, Liv. Is that, a, is that a show on uh, Univision? <laughs> that is a show that is limping along on, on, uh, on NBC. Right? On, on, it's probably beat by Univision. Well, Univision um, is in more homes. That's right. Okay. That's so true. the Spanish language network has more viewers than the fifth leading network okay side note tv by the numbers has speculated a few times that the, that the entire thursday night lineup on nbc could be could be canceled actually which is... this just in spoiler pete has found out that in march nbc will be canceled <laughs> the uh, uh you know uh the ratings bear um has labeled all of the national broadcast channel as hashtag bear chow well, Pete, luckily, see, I'm going I'm to speak directly to the audience here because I'm going I'm to make a reference that you, Pete, will not. Well, you may understand, but you're really not privy to understand it, that we know that there is one good show on NBC. And we know where we all will be January 2nd at 8 p.m. Hashtag six seasons in a movie. We're almost there, guys. We can make it happen. But Pete, I'm reminded of how Hurricane Liv sent us a tweet she said, I've loved watching J. August Richards since he was on Angel. Hashtag nerd talk. Hashtag that's too it. many hashtags. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that's fine. Okay. She's just, a, she, she's just talking the way the kids talk on, on, the, yeah. on, the, oh, yeah. on the tweet box. Um, you know, this is the first thing I've seen him on. I, I like him, but, you know, he's, he's, he's just not a regular on our team. Could he be? Yeah, he could. There, there's there's some baggage at this point. I, I can't see the rest of the team. Forget Colson. I can't see the rest of the team taking him in. You know, even Simmons with the doe eyes. Ooh, he has puffy pecs uh, taking him in after, you know, what happened, what transpired on that bridge. Uh, conflict is the, the source of all drama. It is, but um, your conflict also needs to be believable. There's a concept known as verisimilitude that we must 
believe in and be able to identify with the struggle. And I don't think any of us would be able to set that difference aside of, hey, you knew full well you were selling our leader out. Yes, you did it for your child, but you still did it against one of us. So that's going to linger. And Like the time Sky did that for her boyfriend? It's different. Okay. I'm telling you right now, it's different. Now, Pete, you mentioned the concept, the concept of verisimilitude. Can you just explain the concept of concepts? <laughs> Some other time. Uh, moving on, we have a tweet from Julian Little uh, who said, Did you notice that the two minority characters actually have the best outfits on the team? Which I did not. I've, yeah, I'm not in the, <laughs> I'm not in the business, uh, for want of a better word, of, you know, uh, prioritizing outfits by uh, race. So uh, I'm going to say, yeah, that wasn't really on my radar. <laughs> Somewhat unrelated. I'm really, this, this next question here, Pete, I'm really not trying to be, you know, tongue in cheek or cute or anything. Um, was it completely on our radar before this episode that Sky, not, not the car, not the actress, but that Sky may be, uh, part Asian. It was on mine. If, if you listen back, I've mentioned that before. Remember I said that maybe may, I said she's, she's vaguely, um, Asian, um, the actress is, which I realize the actress looks like the character, but w- let me rephrase the question. Was this the first time that the show has floated that? Yeah, but again, you know, ethnicity being what it is in Hollywood, um, I, I, I think, you know, you can go there. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's difficult to go there and such an ethnic name getting floated agent chang yeah you know agent washington yeah you know it's, it's probably not you know like polish name right i i just feel like yeah i that definitely resonated with me like okay, all right they're they're going there that you know uh chloe bennett who's you know uh playing a character named sky none of which in any way have any kind of ethnic feel to it all right they're they're gonna they're gonna play with that um which again that may knows something about her past that she won't let on about with this thumb drive sister i i don't know there certainly is no way that if there is ever an Agent Chang reveal, that it's going to be like, oh, my maiden name is Smith and I'm of, you know, fine German stock. And then I, I met this fine fellow named James Chang who's from, you know, who's from Korea and we're in love and we're married and I took his name. You know, it's, it's, it's an Asian connection there. They could go completely Seinfeld and, and Agent Donna Chang, you know, was really Caucasian and she just likes Chinese food. With that, Pete, now, Pete, I feel like you're almost in the hot seat here because we have an email from our Uber 
friend of the podcast, Michelle. And mm-hmm. this is this is a little bit of a lengthy message from her. I actually cut it down. Um, but here it goes. Are you ready, Pete? For I'm always ready, man. You might not agree with her sentiment, but I think you're going to find her her some of her details difficult to argue with. So here we go. I agreed with her an hour ago on uh, on on the 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 Twittersphere that that episode was uh, largely dry until they put a little gravy on it at the end. So you know, have hope, Matt. Well, here Take it goes. Heart. Michelle says, "Repairs was a much weaker episode than I anticipated." The long speeches and painfully on-the-nose dialogue were especially bewildering as the script came from Marissa and Jed. But more to the point, I came out of the episode thinking exactly as you, talking to me, did. Sky has got to go. This character is just not working. Her emphasis there on just not working. I think the reasons for this are manyfold, and I wouldn't profess to have my finger on everyone. But for myself... I am especially fed up with the show having to prescribe for me that Sky is some sparkly diamond in the rough that I really want in the centerpiece of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Repairs was especially egregious in this respect. Coulson had seemingly decided at random that Sky has the makings of a brilliantly empathic psychologist, uh, pardon me, empathetic psychologist, but nothing uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has shown me indicates this. Sky's demeanor is overwhelmingly snarky. She challenges more experienced and better informed superiors so consistently that you could use her to set a timer. And her earnest moments are so drastic and sudden that they are rapidly losing the emotional effect they need to have. Pete may be right in saying that the character in Sky's position will by necessity be the weakest of the lineup. But I am, one, not convinced the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. needed an audience lens character in the first place. Applause, applause for me, by the way, uh, given that this universe is so well established. Uh, and two, I'm convinced that if such a character was needed, he or she could and should have been crafted more strongly than Sky uh, has been. I'll just mention parenthetically to you, Pete, maybe like Mike Peterson. Anyhow, Michelle starts to wrap up. The best thing I can say about Sky is that I feel vaguely sorry for her. I'm sorry she grew up alone. I'm sorry she got mixed up in the rising tide. And I'm sorry she spent her whole short life looking for vacuum-sealed information on her dead parents. I hope she finds the answers she is looking for. But I hope that she finds them one day uh, somewhere I do not have to look. Because at the end of the day, I just don't care. Arg, yours in helpless, helpless frustration, Agent Michelle. So... Your thought there, Pete. She makes good points. Um, I I think the best of which is, you know, the level of care that we have for Sky at this point. Um, the thing that complicates from a dramatic standpoint our feelings about Sky is that she is the audience lens. She is us. And, you know, she's the neglected one of the group that is carrying you know the lesser secret that we don't have right now um do we really care who her mom and or dad are unless they're people we know <laughs> i don't think so um we want to know stark and black widow not really yeah we we want to know what happened to colson um i don't think there will be a direct connection but I do think they will be intertwined. Um, is Agent Chang the woman who authorized, uh, you know, Coulson's non-Obamacare procedure to go outside of network 
I, I, I don't know. I'm, Pete, I, did, did, did Colson lose his coverage? Yes or no? That's, I still, I'm still not clear on that. The, the accident was the accident. The incident, the attack was before. So I'm going to say no. He okay. has his uh, now follow-ups, referrals. Who knows, man? It's a, it's a new ball game post, uh, you know, Affordable Care Act. But anyway, um, you know, I, again, Michelle makes good points, but uh, I, I just think that we need Sky right now. Um, has she gone maybe the way the producers uh, hoped or anticipated? I, I got to say no at this point. Was she cast to be a breakout character? I, I definitely don't think so. Um, this is Colson ship. Um, you know, May has become very popular. I think Fitzsimmons have become much more popular than they had anticipated. And, and we saw that, um, you know, first person at New York Comic Con. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, but but again, we need, at least right now, the way the show is run, we need Sky and we need to bring that every person aspect to the show each week. Now, once there's a full-on set routine, I'm not going to say that that can't change. Again, Wesley Crusher makes the most sense. You establish it, you play with it for a while, and then you make it go away. You know, but um, here's hoping, at least I hope, that, you know, it'll be a while before that happens. Well, Pete, we have two bits of info left. First comes from uh, Robert Karma, which is what a what a karmic name there. Yeah. Uh, he says, difficult to weave the personal relationships with the action, but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. pulls it off. Well, I'm addicted. I think week in and week out, he's he's correct. I think, you know, mm-hmm. certainly there are episodes where that's that's less so. But um, I'm, I'm digging it. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, other than some some awkward bits in this one, and you, you know, I think there had to be so much going on in this episode. You're, you're building up towards you know the the ten episode scheme that we're on here, and you know, you you got to get a a hoo ha in there at the end. Hoo ha, hoo ha. Um, you know. The reveals, they're going to come. Um, but the tease and, and and the emotional stuff, not as successful in this episode as, as it's been in the past. But I, I, I would agree for the most part. Well, that, Pete, we're now up to our agent of the week. And I want to preface this person's message uh, and their announcement as saying we don't really have a you know, we don't have a prescription for what gets you agent of the week. You know, sometimes it's it's a really profound thought or it's something. There's that's actually funny. a rubric that, <laughs> that we uh, go very heavily through. Um, there are, uh, you know, set criteria. Um, you know, there's there's sometimes uh, at least, uh, you know, bribes, tease, never any paid off. Um <laughs> But yeah, there, there's quite a bit of behind the scenes uh, wheeling and dealing. I mean, those those buttons, Matt, you know, they're, they, they're worth something. Well, you know, if, if we've learned anything from the rollout of the Common Core standards, it's that in real life, everybody is measured by rubrics all the time. And we need to prepare everyone for that. 
uh, how you cross the street is actually uh, determined on a, on a rubric. But I don't person, understand anything that you just said. <laughs> excellent. This person, I, I guess I want to preface reading their tweet because it, it, it came off as so earnest, despite the fact it's nice stuff towards us. It's, I, it serves as a nice reminder to us that you all out there are listening. We're happy with the download numbers that we're getting. We'd love to hear from more of you, but it's nice that there's this audience out there. And this person kind of reminds us of that. And we put on the best show that we can. You know, here we are. We're coming up on an hour and eight minutes. Ooh, want to wait. Um, you know, we both have early mornings tomorrow. Why are we still talking? It's because, I mean, you and I are having fun together, Pete, but it's for the audience out there. And this is kind of a nice reminder that there is the audience out there. So this tweet comes from Amanda Joyce. That's Amanda Joyce 118 on, uh, on Twitter. And she says, uh, episode 106 is still my favorite, but this episode 110, uh, got the pacing, the character interactions and the cliffhanger just right. Cannot wait to hear what you guys think about the episode. I usually listen to it on my way home from work on Wednesdays. So I just kind of, it felt me, it, it filled me with warm and fuzzies, Pete, that, you know, there we are filling, a, filling some time in somebody's week that they look forward to us, you know, at a certain time each week. And uh, for that, Amanda Joyce is hereby proclaimed agent of the week, and I'll be in touch to get her button sent out ASAP. Congratulations. With that, Pete, let's... Let's let's turn a bit because there are the the wonderful Robert Karmas and Amanda Joyces of Twitter, but you really have become such a fixture. How can people get in touch with you and and, and learn about the future from Spoiler Pete? Learn who <laughs> who the Democratic nominee will be in twenty sixteen. Uh, you know, running against Chris Christie. Tell us, Pete. Well, sixteen hundred fourteen people can't be wrong. You can find me on Twitter at. Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R. K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R. And if you'd like to send a tweet to the podcast, uh, you can do so at uh, Fantastic Geek. That's uh, Fantastic with a P-H. By the way, my personal Twitter is Looking Back Lost. Uh, to send an email to the podcast, you can email fantasticgeek at gmail.com. You can leave a, uh, a message on the listener line by calling and leaving a message with uh, 732-707-1815. You can also hear your voice on the podcast by going to shieldpodcast.blogspot.com and clicking uh, the little voice microphone thingy on the right. Or if uh, you're more of a typey kind of person, you can just leave a comment right there on shieldpodcast.blogspot.com. And Pete, with that, I know we have – this will not be the last time we check in with our audience on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast uh, between now and January 7th. But uh, this is the last episode until January 7th. So uh, we have a little bit of a break ahead of us for uh, for the conclusion of the, the holiday season. But but Matt, you know, I, I don't want the year to end just yet. You know, we're, we're coming up on the holidays. What What's under our tree? You're talking about early January. It's It's December 10th, man. Well, Pete, don't shoot your eye out over at uh, over at fantasticgeek.blogspot.com, our, our general pop culture podcast that also runs, uh, you know, kind of simulcast the Agents of Shield podcast. We also occasionally do other pop culture things, and between now and the visit from Saint Nick, uh, we'll be doing a watch along commentary track with Christmas Story, everyone's everyone's favorite, I would hope. Uh, so that'll be great fun. Well, obviously, we haven't quite nailed down a date for that, but that'll obviously be uh, in advance of uh, of uh, Christmas. 
And uh, we may have a couple other goodies along the way. I don't want to say too much. There's a little something, something in the works, possibly. Um, but uh, if nothing else, you know, we'll, we'll uh, you know, if you're just a diehard Agents of Shield fan, I'm, I'm sure at the very least, Pete, we could put together a little, you know, quick hi and hello between now and the seventh. Uh, you know, four weeks away. My goodness. But um, you know, we'll we'll certainly uh, we'll certainly keep the lines of communication open on our end. Is it really four weeks? I'm looking at. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's three Tuesdays from now. So. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, wait. I guess that would just be three weeks. Yeah. The fourth three, will four. be. Yeah. One, two, three. <laughs> no, it is. It is four. Because it's the seventeenth, the twenty-fourth, the thirty-first, and the seventh. I'm, I'm counting Tuesdays in between. Yeah, well, it's three in between, but it's it's one. Two, three, four. Oh, make, make sure you edit out our bad math here. And... Not at all. This, this <laughs> is this is like the overtime. People tune in for this. This is people tune in just to, to luxuriate in uh, in Matt and Pete, fantastic geek. <laughs> so with that, maybe we should stop luxuriating. <laughs> um, so I guess uh, we'll see everybody over at the at that watch along and some other uh, some other goodies along the way, and. Um, Yes, uh, with that, I will say adios and uh, happy holidays to one and all. And Pete, the time is coming for your final word. And I will say, have yourself a very Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>